Hey guys, welcome to season four of East Coast Rams podcast. I am your co-host Ashton here with my awesome co-host Zach. Uh, before we start, just want to give a shout out. We just hit 200 subscribers on YouTube. I think we're at 202 right now. So if you don't mind, can you please go subscribe and like if you're on the YouTubes or leave a uh, comment and tell us uh, what your overall reaction was to 2023, the Rams 2023 season. And uh, tell us uh, what you think 24 will come with. Another ring, maybe, hopefully. Uh, and we are here to talk about that and much more. Zach, you know, I'm just going to say a, a few times call for me to bring out the ginger ale. few times in life. Uh, you know, the way getting married, uh, maybe when I have a child born. Um, but... The Rams winning Super Bowl, definitely up there. But the 49ers losing a Super Bowl, ooh, few things are much, is much sweeter in this world than just seeing the Chiefs win, you know? So uh, good to you, Hey, Taylor. cheers to that. Did a yeah, lot of cheers, cheers, cheers to that. Uh, yeah, man, I, you know, being a Rams fan, we always just have to root against those 49ers. Their fan base just always doesn't seem to be – it doesn't always seem to be a great fan base to us. Um, and, uh, you know, I was fine with Taylor Swift. I have no problems with the Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, you know. She can take more than 54 seconds out of a Super Bowl uh, to to show off. It, it didn't bother me at all. And I, I was, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you would – you really don't like repeats. You don't like the same team winning year after year. Um, you know, they've won now won their third, um, you know, in a relatively short period of time, but I, I'm all for it. I, you know, I, I really do like Patrick Mahomes. Um, I do like Travis Kelsey. I, I like some of the structure that they have as a team. Um, and, and yeah, so very interesting game that came out and we can kind of dive into that if you want to uh, very boring first half. Um, very boring. Yes. I yes. I, I was but just like, Zach, before you get into it, I was told by a number of 49er fans numerous times what the Rams did in 21 was super easy. When we had a super team full of full of uh people that they called washed at the time, but let's ignore that. A super team and you know, it was just super easy that uh, if the 49ers ever did that, that they would win a Super Bowl just easily. And you see them go out, trade for countless D linemen, completely load up their roster with highest paid players at number positions, five in their position groups. And once again, we are talking After about. Half their offensive was all pros. Yeah. So once again, we are talking about them losing a Super Bowl with a roster that has literally no excuses. Yeah. No I mean, excuses. And, and, you know, you look at the Rams in 2021. Yes, we had a stacked team. We had OBJ. We had uh, Von Miller. We had Aaron Donald. We had Matthew Stafford. We had a Cooper Cup. We had, we had the players. Um, but you also had to think of like, we didn't have a run game. We didn't have someone like CMC who could run the ball and do can catch the ball and do everything. You know, we 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 had running backs and you know they were great for what we had and they got us to the promised land. But you know, this 49ers team was I wouldn't say more stacked because again, when you compare people like uh, you know, I think Brandon Ayuk is a really good wide receiver, but when you look at their depth piece outside of him, Sam, uh Debo Samuel is you know, he, he's a he's a good kind of like special weapon. But as far as like an all out receiver, not at the full acclimates as, you know, a Cooper Cup or a um, OBJ or, you know, even now a Puka Nakua, things like that. So, you know, you could see where, you know, their chess pieces were CMC, Brock Purdy, who I will give full credit to Brock Purdy. I think he is whether you call him a manager or not, I don't care. He's a good quarterback. Yeah. He's a and, good and, QB. and when you have someone like Ayuk and things like that, I think things can work really well. But 
Um, you top can, five defense. Top five defense. I mean, and the defense played really well. Um, you know, yeah. they shot out Mahomes to three points in the first half and 19 points really in the first in the first four quarters. Um, and to do that to Patrick Mahomes, that's almost a winning recipe. Again, it's the first person really in the Super Bowl. It's like the first person to 20 is really the the who's going to win. And that happened again this year. Uh, well, I guess it wasn't the first person. You know, anyways, um, so I, I don't know. It, it's just one of those things where the 49ers, it, it just seemed like they choked. And whether you believe whatever – their overtime and they didn't know the overtime rules. That just seems mumbo jumbo. We talked about it a little bit back and forth on X. Doesn't really seem like the outcome would have mattered. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. But it was it, it, it ended up being a great game at the end. Very sluggish first half, really good second yeah. half. And obviously, for us as Rams fans, we really wanted to see the Chiefs win it, and they did. Um, so kudos to them. Yeah, definitely. Uh entertaining second half back and forth game you know uh that chiefs offense just kind of struggled uh so badly in the first half and i kept on telling my uh co-worker me and him were talking about it because we were watching the game a bunch of buddies in the back were like playing darts and stuff because they're like not interested in just watching three and outs and so i was talking i I said, I'm like, man, the slants, the short uh, short passes, they're there, and the Chiefs are just keep on trying to run it, and Pachinko is just not getting anything. I'm like, if you do some curls, do some slants, like stuff will open up. And me and him were like saying like different stuff they could do. And, you know, they start doing in the third quarter. It's like, yeah, like I don't know what you guys expected to keep on pulling out Kelsey and just ignoring your weapons and just trying to yeah. either throw it deep or run. And that, I mean, they did have some success in that too. Um, but again, the running Run game, play. like you said, was, yeah, the running game was just, it, it wasn't there. And really it was Mahomes taking it into his own hands in the second half. I mean, he had a nice couple big run plays on his own where he was just like, I, Nothing's happening. I'm just going to run it. Why Why waste the time trying to find someone open when I can get the three, four, five plus yards that I need uh, to get the first down and keep the chains moving? So um, I think he, he played a really good game. Interception, too. Yeah. In fairness. Yep, I agree. Yeah. But I think the refs did a really good job this game. I know people keep, you know, the 49ers fans yeah. are going to say there was, there was not enough holding calls in the second half. For the most part, there was – there really wasn't a whole lot of holding calls to begin with. Um, and so I thought it was a good game. I thought it was a clean ref game. You could, was there some ticky tack stuff maybe, but you know, you don't want things to end on ticky tacks. And so the 49ers had a chance to win it. They did not. And uh, the end is history. So kudos to them. They did. And, and again, that, again, was that a bad move? No. Cause if your defense stops Mahomes then you win. So, you know, would, do you want to risk not getting any points and then letting Mahomes have the opportunity to kick a field goal? Or do you go back and you let you kick the field goal and then your defense needs to stop them to at least a field goal? It's, it's kind of this situational awareness where, you know, you could see it from all sides. I hated the, the player's excuse. Like, we didn't know the rules. Well, then you need to be better players or your coaches need to be better coaches on telling you what these rules are going to be. Because clearly, usually when captains go out on the field, they usually kind of talk with their coach ahead of time saying, hey, how do you want to handle this? Do you want should, should we receive it first? Do we want to let them have it? Things like that. And, you know, to to put all the blame, you know, on not knowing the rules is just is ludicrous unless it was a, you know, a coaching mistake, which going into my next topic before we kind of wrap up, you know, since this is a Rams podcast, we don't want to focus too much on the chiefs 49ers, but how do you feel about um, 49ers getting rid of their DC um, after one year? Is this a scapegoat? Was Shanahan scapegoating, you know, a failure of not getting to the promised land and getting that ring to, to his DC? Um, all I'm going to say is, uh, 
if they get a touchdown on that first drive in overtime, they're not losing. At least they don't lose because the Chiefs score a touchdown. Yeah, Unless I mean, they, they went they for two, which they were planning on. But my point is, it's like, you can't just blame him. Like, he did his job. And for the most part, he kept you, like, he gave you, like, a whole half of Mahomes only getting three points for you to rack up the score. And that's what the 49ers and they, do. And they're and supposed they to be a ball-controlled team. And they didn't. And that was because of Shanahan. That's on Shanahan. And the way he called the game and how he progressively got away from the run game in the second half. At least try to do some, like, running back tosses, some screens, stuff like that. They didn't even do that. They did one wide receiver screen. And it just... You know, it's just playing scared or uh, play calling scared. And I think Shanahan has proven in his career, like, he can't win the big game. He can keep on saying, like, we played in a lot of big games. Like, I've proven I can win them. You have the most blown leads, double-digit blown leads in playoff history as a coach. Yep. And I, I'm not even going to talk about the overtime rule. That got changed two years ago. If the players don't know it, I don't care. That's on them. Like, Well, I mean, it's a silly, no it's a silly rule that I think – I mean, the rule – yeah, like you said, the rule has been in place for two years. It's a rule that makes sense. I mean, you're playing in the – it's a it's a one-and-done game style. They it makes sense for the playoffs in the, the Super Bowl. They would have lost because the old rules <laughs> – like, well, and it doesn't even, it doesn't even matter. They ex, the, the ref explained the rules as the coin was like before the coin toss. So again, I don't I don't really I don't really fall for it. But um, but so the only other the only other re- reason I was bringing up the DC was is now the rumors are that Brandon Staley could be looking at looked at to go to the 49ers um, as their DC, which I would find very interesting. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know how that's uh, gonna play out. I'm not gonna say if the 49ers hire it, hire him, it's a bad call. I thought uh, he should get a second chance at a DC position. It now, granted, I have no clue how that's gonna end up. Like, he was so bad as a Chargers head coach, um, and his defenses did nothing when they had really solid rosters. Not great, but good rosters definitely should have been not like bottom of the league like it was uh, with yeah. him there. And, so and and I didn't. So when when and we're uh, let's let's go ahead and jump into some some of the Rams news a little bit. So we'll segment to the you know we lost Raheem Morris um, a few weeks ago to the Atlanta Falcons. So oh, congratulations, Raheem, for uh, finally uh, making it over there. You're going to be really missed. I love the energy, things like that. Um, but during that vacancy, when we're trying to fill in that DC, um, you know, the, the question has been, could Brandon Staley come back to the Rams? And I honestly thought, no, I thought we needed someone, not him. Uh, you look back at his time in 2020 when the Rams had the best defense um, really in the league that year. But was it him as the coach or was it the players themselves? I mean, you can, you can, that, that's my question to you, I guess. Is it is it something where Brandon Staley was the coach that schemed right for the players, or did the players scheme right for the coach? Um, and so, I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts about that? I think it was a little bit of both. I thought his scheme was new enough; it caught the NFL kind of by surprise. It was a, a tweak of the Vangio scheme, and um, it just really took a lot of offenses uh, off guard and was able to kind of clamp them down for the most part. It just seems like like, kind of what you said about like him being the head coach with the chargers that, you know, his defense wasn't really there. And when you're a defensive coordinator, having one of the best defenses, and then you become a head coach, you would assume your defense with a good roster would continue that upward trajectory. And it just never seemed like it did. I know he was risky a lot of times, like, a lot of the stuff that he did as a head coach, he lost because he 
he bet on going on fourth down or doing a trying for a touchdown when he should have gone for a field goal, things like that. Um, but at the same time, I, I wasn't impressed as his head coaching career to make him come back as our DC. Yeah, I'm someone I don't think you should fully judge someone's job as a head coach to how they will be as a coordinator. I think those are two different positions with slightly different um, skill sets where, like, if you're a great coordinator, you could be a great coach, uh, but neither one means you'll be great at the other. Uh, depending on the type of person you are and the situation you're in. So a lot of factors go into it. It's complicated. Uh, but the Rams went in a different direction, a direction they haven't gone typically with uh, uh, with Sean McVay. Yeah, so Sean McVay actually went internally for the first time uh, mm -hmm. since really joining the Rams to, to pick a coordinator. Uh, so. Um, uh, he picks Chris Shula, um, which is now his seventh year with the Rams. So McVay's had him on his roster since he's joined the team. Um, and um, he was the linebackers coach and the, and the pass rush coach of the past. So really, really interesting move here. Um, how, how, what do you expect from this? Well, so uh, there's been a good amount of reporting uh, by Jordan Rodriguez. She did a great job of highlighting him as a candidate or like a month or two ago in the like in case Morris left. Uh, and she basically said like he's been moving around all over the organization clearly like them trying to prep him potentially for a position like this. So uh, we will see. He's coached under all three of our defensive coordinators before this. So his kind of I'm, – I'm sure the scheme won't be too wildly, like, crazy different. Uh, but we'll see how much of his own brand he puts on the defense and, like, how – does he like to do the two-man shell? Uh Will he put more man in there? Will he do more zone blitzes? Will he do more man blitzes? Uh, like, what exactly is his philosophy? And the fun thing about this year is we won't really know until the start of the season. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like he may kind of keep more of the same, more of the same structure uh, that Raheem Morris had. Um, but just knowing that this guy has been under Wade Phillips, he was under Brandon Staley. He was under Raheem Morris. Like he has been following along this, this awesome trajectory of great DCs, uh, within the Rams organization. And I'm just, I'm just so excited to see what his fresh take on it. Um, he has good energy. I mean, that's the one thing that maybe I would say, um, was kind of lacking from the Brandon Staley was like, he, he's a, he's a good guy. And I, and I have no, but like, I loved Raheem Morris's energy. He was always so upbeat and so excited for his guys. And he's, you know, he's a player's coach and things like that. Um, and I think I, I, and I saw a lot of the same stuff from Shula too. Um, and so I'm really excited to see where he has to go. Um, I, the other fun fact that I have about Chris Shula is um, I went to Ball State University and he was actually coaching um, at Ball State for some of the period of time that Ooh. I was, that I was there going to school. So um, I thought that was a pretty cool fact. Um, Cardinals, right? He, Are they Ball State Cardinals? Ball State Cardinals, yeah. yeah. Uh, but him and McVay have been friends for a long time. They actually played uh, with each other at Miami of Ohio um, at the same time. So that that's kind of cool. So this kind of friendship trajectory that he has, I I, I just I'm glad that McVay's kind of trying to take it from within, um, seeing if he can grow his internal staff. And I think giving Trula this experience is is going to be really good for this team. Yeah, and let me just note on that. Uh, I think it's always great, and I love the fact the Rams organization as a whole is embracing, like, letting their people grow. And if they can't get a internal position, which historically we haven't hired internally, letting them grow in supporting them moving on in the higher roles in other organizations. I feel like sometimes 
and this can be private and public sector, people are so afraid of letting people grow and progress past uh, their positions and jobs. And it sucks to let go and lose some really good talent, but I feel like if you foster that environment, good talent will find you because you're constantly trying to push and propel people, and people love that type of environment. It's more positive. It's just better overall for a work culture, at least I believe, and uh, maybe you have a different take on it, Zach. But I just love that fact from this Rams culture and the way they try to push these coaches even into other teams and higher positions and they vouch for him. And it's just it's fun. It sucks a little bit having to feel that stuff. I know McVeigh like doesn't love acting, having to constantly even rehire his coffee boy because his coffee boy just got a head coaching gig. But it's just, you know, it's really positive thing. It is. And, and you know, it just it's kudos to Sean McVay. It's a kudos to the Rams organization to really build that quality culture uh, that we keep we keep harping on. Um, you know, it just seems like the Rams are doing it right. You know, they may have a bad season, but then you come to the next year. It's a rebuild year and they're putting their players first. They're getting their players uh, organized. And, th- and then you become a 10, uh, 10 and 7 team. Uh, go into the playoffs and for a rebuild year when you don't have the cap space, you're only relying on rookies, um, things like that. And then you can have still a rookie of the year, uh, rookie offensive player of the year and rookie defensive player of the year um, for accolades as well. So uh, very interesting to see how how this season, this offseason is going to play out. So we won't we won't really know how Chris Shula is going to actually handle the situation. Um, obviously until things come out and we actually see how the defense plays. Um, he does have so, a little bit of experience calling plays. He did a lot of that in the preseason this past year, um, which is what Sean McVay typically does. He lets some of his coordinators um, do some of the calls uh, just to kind of get the feel uh, for that spot. Um, Rams did you lose out. Talk- oh, sorry. Oh, I, I, I was just going to say, uh, uh, did you want to talk about your favorite unit? next special teams or uh oh why don't you handle this one i don't know i don't know if i can uh talk about special teams yeah so the rams hire chili davis as assistant special teams coach yeah zach i i mean i'm gonna be honest uh i can't believe our uh, special teams coordinator still has a job. I'm going to be frank. Um, It was, I don't see 2020 had such a bad kicking rotation to it that like, I'm like, Oh, that's the worst special teams I've seen like for the Rams. And then we go into this year and it was just like, Everything was just a nightmare outside of Ethan Evans. Just so historically bad. And, you know, people keep on bringing up, but we had a good last game and, like, they didn't completely lose us the playoff game. Yeah, that's a bare minimum. They did the bare minimum for two games and the rest of the season. They definitely probably lost us two or three games. So, yeah. I, I don't know, Zach. I just think that entire, like, people can say, and I know Jordan Rodriguez in her podcast kind of talked about, like, you know, the roster was very depleted and there were, weren't were a lot of, uh, there were a lot of rookies playing on defense, which is where a lot of your special teams players come from. And, you know, it it's still not acceptable because that coach is picking the players that are going to backfill on special teams. And yeah, I, I, it, it's not an excuse for the fifth worst special teams in the NFL history. It'd be one thing if we were like 20th or even 23rd and we were just bad. We were historically NFL historic bad. And that is unacceptable. Yeah. And, it, and obviously it came mostly with the kicking situation and we, we don't need to go ahead and rehash that. Hopefully that will go through and we'll um, hopefully find some gems uh, maybe within this uh, with this upcoming draft uh, to actually fill that spot. 
Um, obviously, I think Maher's technically still on the roster. Um, the as of right now, so. for the punt and kicking returns were, were awful too. Like, let's just be. They were, and I, I, I don't think so times? too. But... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was bad. I mean, that's probably the one area that I think suffered. I mean, even though, yes, you're right that most of our uh, special teams unit is kind of picked from, uh, you know, the the secondary units and stuff like that. Um, but again, when you when you're limited in your cap space and you you have only so much that you can do, I think that's the one area um, of last year that really hurt from not having a good um, salary cap. When you have to play your rookies um, as your first team you don't have the ability to utilize them in other ways. I mean, you think about it, when you look at wide receivers, who could Akua, if if we actually had, you know, two or three normal, you know, second, third year, fourth year wide receivers, who could may not have played if Cooper Cup was fully healthy in the first couple of games? Um, we, we don't know. I mean, you, you don't know how, the, the, how things were going to go, but he could have been on special teams. Maybe he would have been great on special teams. We don't, we, we won't ever know. Um, because that that didn't happen, uh, but I think this year I think they'll yeah. they'll get it right, and I would give the based on the information that we know now, I think you can give that year a pass for our, our coordinator, our special teams coordinator, and let's see, um, let's see how this year goes. Now, if this year is another complete mess, then we're gonna need to we're gonna need to figure something else out. But um, I think the salary cap situation and the way we had to utilize our rookies more as first team players. Again, we had Puka Nakua. Um, we had um, uh, Kobe Turner. Uh, you know, we, we had all these, pl- we had, yeah. Um, we had all these players that were playing, you know, their first year here on this team and they weren't being able to be utilized also on the special teams. So it, I think it just trimmed that down a little bit. Um, well, we also hired a new coordinator of football strategy, John Stryker. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, Stryker um, was the Titans director of football administration. Um, and he started off as an assistant head coach under Vrabel in 2018 and held that position uh, for two years. I, he's going to do football stuff. I mean, I, I'm guessing yeah, I'm, he's, I'm sure. he's going to probably direct different like scouts, uh, look into like balance, uh, of like different aspects of the team player. Yeah, position, I mean, I could see him more, like more of a statistical guy who's kind of looking at that kind of, you know, those situational, um, areas of, you know, should you go for it? If, if you were given, X, Y, or Z, should you go for it? Kind of be, you know, Sean McVay's maybe like second and, ooh, excuse me, second analytical brain is kind of how I may think of it just based on that title. Um, yeah. So um, maybe somebody else just to kind of bounce ideas off of without, you know, being the offensive or defensive. Yeah, should be, should be cool, I guess. Uh, we'll see uh, if he does anything or not. Who knows? Um, all right. So kind of um, let's talk about kind of where we're looking at now, because really our sights are now finally set on 2024. The 2023 season is over. The Super Bowl is done. Now we need to move to 2024. And how can the Rams get us back into uh, back into the playoffs, back to getting a divisional win, uh, back into getting the Super Bowl ring? Um and so I've kind of highlighted some positions I think we really need to focus on. I want to know what your thoughts are. Um, obviously, we talked about special teams kicker. This isn't in any order, uh, but you know, obviously, we need to address the kicking situation. Um, mm-hmm. Edge. Uh, we really need to set the edge. If I think one of the big flaws of our defense was we could not get pressure on the quarterback, and that all starts pressure. Consistent, yeah, consistent. Yeah. We had some good flashes and things like that, but like you said consistent um we need to look at our secondary we really need to look at that cornerback position um and really i identify which players are we going to keep and which ones do we need to um 
you know, find different players for. Obviously, we brought in Witherspoon and he was kind of the obviously I would have been terrified if we didn't have Witherspoon on the field. Um, even though he did have some bad games, I, I was really glad we had him on the field. He's a veteran cornerback um, and really, I think, helped make that defense better um, than maybe it looked at some some periods of time. How are you feeling about the quarterback position? Uh, so uh, definitely uh, let, let me touch on kicker. Uh, I think that's going to be something they address in the draft, either in the fifth, sixth, seventh round, kind of depending. Uh, not, they, not the third round? No, uh, that 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 kicker didn't help him. Uh, he missed a point in the Super Bowl, so I'm just gonna put that out there. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely uh, on edge. That's that's my biggest priority in free agency. I think you have to pay a veteran edge. The fact that your D line has the majority of your sacks out of your defensive like front is not good um i mean it is good in the sense that we have d linemen that can have pressure kobe turner turned it up in the latter half of the season and aaron donald is aaron donald so if we have aaron donald and aaron donald jr on d line we just need some people to kind of flush out the rest of the line and our four-man front can be vicious uh, you just need that fourth guy. I really like Byron Young. I hope he continues to kind of develop, and uh, we'll kind of see. I think that could be a round one type of pick. Now, cornerback. I am more of a contrarian view on cornerback this year than most of the fan base. I understand that. Uh, I genuinely think they did better than people give them credit for. Now, I do think this needs to be a priority in the offseason. Um, it is concerning the lack, especially in the latter half of the season, lack of growth uh, from the younger DBs. And I, I'm, I'm sure the front office has kind of like similar views of that. And that isn't just for DK. That's also for Kobe or Kobe Durant. I, he had such a good 22 season. He kind of fell off a cliff, Zach. Uh, he didn't get any snaps, and the snaps he played were, let's be frank, pretty bad. They were even worse than DK. Uh, so, and Weatherspoon is a free agent, so I have no clue. I would expect two picks in the first five rounds uh, is kind of what I'm looking at. Uh, and, guys, just talking about drafting stuff, uh, free agency, I think we'll talk a little bit more about than the draft specifically because me and you, uh, especially this year, we didn't watch a lot of college football, so we don't want to talk about stuff completely uninformed. We will talk about the makeup of the draft, what positions we would like the Rams to go in and kind of do a similar format to how we did it last year. And we'll bring on people who have a little bit more expertise we will, uh, shall say, and kind of drill them on who are the best uh, kind of prospects for us. And, you know, let's just say our guest last year, Zach, uh, did some really good scouting. I mean, Kobe Turner was one. Uh, I think Puka got a shout out, uh, especially uh, not like he was going to be or Kobe Turner was going to be. But overall, like we had some uh, gyms that our guest talked about. Yeah, and I'm so glad that we get to get bring on some more guests. We got some more on the docket, so really excited for that. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm kind of on the same page with you. You know, I I really want to see them go out and look for a veteran edge rusher um, in free agency rather than immediately get somebody um, early on in the draft. Um, I'd rather them look at some of the other pieces that I think we really need um, and try to use some of the cap space now that we have back at that spot uh, for the edge. Um, other things that I think that we're going to be looking for in the draft is we're going to look at, uh, reevaluate our offensive line. Uh, specifically, we're going to look towards the left tackle, um, and maybe even that center spot. Um, and even again, right I, I w- sure, but I want Dotson. I, I want to keep Dotson. 
he is the one player that I want to keep from our from our free agent list, and we're I was going to go through that here in a minute. Um, of, I don't know if we can those players. Him, so that's I know, but when you want to protect Matthew Stafford, it, it's it's worth it. I think it's worth it. They're cheap on the O-line. Let, let's just be honest here with ourselves. Let's need, like, to spend money on certain positions. O-line yeah. is not one of them unless if it's note boom, which... Which obviously was, you know... Did not age. Not, not the highest quality. And so it, it's just one of those things that I, I really want them to look at the left tackle the center. Obviously, we can find depth pieces, but I really think when I'm looking at free agency... I really want them to, if you're trying to keep someone on this Rams roster, we're going to go through that list here in just a second. I want it to be Dotson. Um, so let's talk about that real quick. Rams unrestricted free agents going into the offseason. So these are the yes. unrestricted free agents. Uh, you have Tremaine Ancrum, you have Kevin Dotson, you have Jordan Fuller, another, another um, free agent that I hope that we can kind of keep back. Um, Bryson Hopkins, John Johnson III, Laurel... Uh, Merchinson, Troy Reader, Demarcus Robinson, Duke Shelley, Carson Wentz, Jonah Williams, and Akella Witherspoon. Those are our unrestricted free agents. Our restricted free agents um, are Christian Rosebroom, uh, Michael Hoyt, uh, Alaric Jackson, Ronnie Rivers, and Austin Trummel. Um, I hope that we keep Alaric Jackson. I do think that he's a good piece, um, whether the starting piece, not sure. Um, but again, I... He's good in a, in a pin situation for a game or two. Great, great player. So, so yeah, if I'm, if I'm looking at my restricted unrestricted free agents, I really want to keep Dotson. I really want to keep fuller. Um, you know, obviously Wentz would be a good backup if he doesn't find another spot out there. I think the Rams could keep him um, again. He's going to be but too again, expensive. I, I think he's going to get like three or four if he's a backup. Sure, but that's that's someone else having to be willing to pay it. Um, and if someone else is willing to pay it, then sure, be on my be be my I guess. We could, probably, we could probably find somebody. Um. All right, I think that's about uh, it as far as that goes. As far as our draft picks go, um, we currently have five comp picks. Uh. And our first one is going to be in the first round for the first time in this podcast's lifetime. Um, as of now. Be, as of now. I still think we're going to have a first rounder. Um, I really do. Ooh, do you? Uh, that that sounds... I uh, I'm, I'm tempted to bet you on that. Uh, I don't know. I think we might, you know, I, there's, there's, there's some rounds. There's some things that we can, we can mm. talk about. And apparently that's we'll an in-office joke in office joke in the Rams front office. They're like, we're picking the first round for now, <laughs> for now. Right. So right. That's kind of, that's kind of funny. Um, so combine's coming up. All right. Towards combine. four combine. Um, yes. It's going to be here in Indianapolis right now. Indianapolis is just kind of swarming. I feel like with all these different things, we've got the all-star game going right now. Not mad that I got stuck in two hours of traffic, but it's fine. Um, and, but, but in two weeks, we've got the combine coming back and I'm so excited that it's coming back to Indianapolis and it's going to be here for again in 2025. Um, super excited that I get to kind of, I'll get to go scout out, uh, check out some of the prospects, mostly going to try to go to the Saturday one, which is going to be the quarterbacks, running backs, uh, wide receivers, things like that. I'm, I'm really excited for that. Uh, hopefully if you guys are making it to town, please let us know, um, so that, you know. We can we can meet up and uh, it'd be really cool to to meet some Rams fans, some fellow East Coast Rams uh, fans, things like that. So, um, but let's talk about that. I, so, the one question I put in our show notes um, was, who do you think the Rams should go at, at, at the first pick? And I'm not uh, actually I'm not going to put you on the spot uh, about that, but I did bring up some prospects that I've kind of been scouting around the internet. Okay. Uh, on on who who they who we could get um in the in one um from cbs sports was quarterback jj mccarthy from michigan how do you feel about getting a quarterback pick you know pick 19 
I am not a fan of J.J. Uh, McCarthy. I don't hate him. I I just have no clue how good this kid is going to be. He's been on a stacked Michigan team. Uh, from the games I've seen, he looks like he can read coverages decently. Uh, he can throw very well, especially short and intermediate. His deep ball kind of gives me concerns that. He is one of those college QBs where I'm like, mm, I don't know. Now, again, he's in college. His weapons aren't like NFL level. So it's like hard to translate whether or not he'll be good in the NFL or not. But yeah, he, he kind of gives me like Tua Tagovailoa vibes coming out of college where he was on a stack team. Uh, it, there's a lot of question marks whether or not his stuff can translate. Uh, and just he doesn't give me the warm and fuzzies if the Rams pick them. And uh, that's just me being honest there. Uh, I am not against the Rams getting a quarterback in this uh, kind of spot, but him, I'm not the biggest fan. Yeah, it's an and interesting. Again, it's an interesting. It's an interesting to. Just decision about the QB spot in the round one. Um, obviously, it's someone who you are going to value and think you have somebody who's going to, um, you know, really, if you're if you're picking a quarterback in the first round, even at 19, you're looking at this is going to be the heir apparent uh, to Stafford when he's gone. Uh, you know, having someone underneath him for a, a year or two, I really don't think you're going to go pick QB in the first round just for a backup spot. So, but, you know, you don't, we don't know how many years left we have with Matthew Stafford. He he feels like he could probably play for the next five, 10 years if he really wanted to. But, you know, I think we're looking a lot sooner than, you know, that two years, maybe three years. You know, maybe we can see how much we can get keep him. We can Frankenstein him together. Um, so but having someone be his be his understudy for two years, I think one or two years would would really help the Rams organization and help him as a player understand the game of the NFL, especially when you still have Cooper Cup and you have Puka Nakua and you have the rest of the Rams organization to kind of boost you. And obviously, we saw what happened last year with Ben uh, Stenson Bennett. We still don't really know what his uh, final outcome is going to be, um, but it's not looking very likely that he will return as a Ram. So let me ask you this, Zach. Because I've seen this proposed. Um, so a player that I really like in the team, I've, I watch South Carolina most, Georgia's the second most. Brock Bowers is projected to go mid-rounds. Would you trade a fourth-round pick to go up four spots to get Brock Bowers at, let's say, pick 15? Well, we don't have a fourth round pick, so or fifth round pick. Let's say they go fifth <laughs> round pick. Sneed uh, will eventually get a fourth round pick. Uh, that's funny. Um, yeah, so it would be interesting. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind trading up if we're going to get a high quality quarterback. And again, it's it's someone who's going to be who will be for the most part. I mean, if you again, if you know you're going to pick Brock somebody a quarterback in the first round. Oh, tight end. I'm sorry, I thought we were still talking about quarterbacks. Um, uh, no, he's a monster tight end. Like, okay, that dude is a tank. And I mean, Higby is hurt. I know yes. we saw. I love Davis Allen. Don't get me wrong. I thought he was fantastic. I think he has a bright future. So that's why I don't think the Rams will ultimately go after a time, especially in the first round. Yeah. That's that's where I was. Dallas is a monster. Yeah, you know, obviously with Higby being injured. I think they the Rams obviously know more of the timetable than we do on when he's going to be coming back. It seems like it's going to be midway through the season just based on the injury that he had. Um, and obviously right now you also have Bryson Hopkins, who's a free agent. So um, really you're looking – you really got one – you got one tight end. I guess you have two because you have, what, Hunter Long. Um, yeah, but he's going to be hurt. So, like, the big thing is they love two tight end sets. You need a yeah. tight end anyways. Uh, sure. And to have a three-year pairing of Davis Allen and this monster of a tight end that I really think uh, 
could be a potential top 10 tight end in the NFL. I don't know if he'll be top five, but I really think he has all the attributes of being a high caliber tight end. Uh, great blocking. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. what McVay, like they would love uh, to have Brock Bowers on this team. And they yeah, I mean, that's why they love Higby last year. Yeah. I mean, that's why they, they love were- Higby. I mean, Higby is a tough player who, you know, will go out and tackle and, you know, he will do everything for you. And that's that's why they signed him again. They, they they love him so much and they love his ability that he can get out there. It's just the injury proneness now. And now that he's injured and going to be out for halfway through the season, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. To yeah, they tried to trade up in the first round last year to get tight end. So I, I definitely think uh, the potential Possibly. there is there. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, there there's a few edges on your list. Uh Kool-Aid McKinstry, we can talk about him a little bit. Uh, Alabama yep. cornerback, uh, everything I've seen from him when I I watched two Alabama, Alabama games last year and very impressed with what he did. Uh, Man. Interested to what see a- if he can transfer. Man, we, got, we're, we could have. We have Puka. We could have Kool-Aid. Um, you know, man, we got, we got some, we got some names. I mean, I really would like a, you know, a Rams Jersey with Kool-Aid on the back. Um, that'd be kind of, yeah. 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 That'd be a little, little fun. Uh, are there any Kool-Aid man running through? Yeah. uh, I mean, like, what, what, uh, what would you think about a Bo Nix? Uh, he's the other big quarterback that's kind of been rumored uh, to fall to where the Rams are picking. Again, like I said, I'm I'm looking to see what can help us build this team. And what are we trying to do? Are we trying to win a Super Bowl now or later? Um, and right now, I think the Rams want to win it now. Um, and so I don't think we're going to get a quarterback in the first round. Um, not this year. If we were talking, I don't know. I, I would have said maybe we, if we had a first round pick last season, we may have picked up a quarterback in the first round. But, um, but right now, I, I really think it's we're we're going to focus on Matthew Stafford and his protection. We're going to fr- we're we're going to focus on the offensive line. We're going to focus on the defensive line. Um, I think those are the main areas that I think we're going to see them really focus on um, in the first two rounds. Even though I think, like I said, the cornerback position, Kool-Aid, um, Quinion Mitchell with Toledo, um, all names that have been floated out there as potentials for the Rams um, to, to get in round one. Um, so those are just kind of my initial thoughts, just based, just kind of doing some scheming this week. Um, obviously, over the next several weeks, um, and the combine is going to be coming up, and we'll kind of dissect some of the performances that come out of there. Um but I think this is a good base to start off with. Just kind of get our minds thinking and things like that. So um, we'll scour the internet. We'll do our research the best we can on some of these draft picks. And then we'll also start breaking down some of the uh, free agencies uh, picks that are going to be out there, who we're going to look at. Um, was it Brian Burns? Is he still a free agent that we could potentially uh, pick up? Uh, no, I think Brian Burns still has one more year on his contract, but there's a lot of, uh, it's basically one of those that, like, uh, he's going to probably want to get traded uh, before he resigns. And they yeah. don't want to – you lose a lot of leverage by waiting until halfway through that last year of the contract to trade. Like, you, you don't have any leverage. Uh, you're going to have to either pay him a lot or you're going to have to trade him for a lot less value than what you would get now. Basically, because yeah. now I think you're looking at the second or third uh, picks, uh, maybe a few of those bundled together. Uh, and if you wait until halfway through the year, you're, I wouldn't see a team, unless that they're desperate, giving you anything more than a third, a late third. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. But I think we're going to wrap it up with this week's episode of the East Coast Rams podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much again for all those who have subscribed to the podcast, whether you do it on YouTube, whether you do it on uh, Spotify, whether you do it on Apple Music, whichever podcast app you want. 
we've got you covered. You can find us on the social medias. You can find us on X. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on threads. You can find all of us. Just go to eastcoastrams.com. That's where you find all of our social media platforms, where you find our YouTube channel. Um, it's just a we're building this great community, and I'm I'm really excited to see what our future has. Um, you know, I'm not going to toot our own horn, but I think that we just continue to get better and better and better each and every week. Um, and now we're entering our fourth season. I think we're starting to get this down to a science. So, Ashton, thank you again for being on and co-hosting this this project with us. Um, you gonna cover anything else before we wrap it up? Uh, no, man. I'm looking forward to uh, doing a lot of talking about a lot of different fun uh, topics like free agency, the draft, uh, going through. Uh, I, I want to eventually do grades during the offseason yeah. for uh, the offense and defense. And, uh, you know, uh, we definitely have stuff to talk about. This team is never not interesting, and uh, that is a blessing for this podcast. They give us a lot of content. You guys give us a lot of content and uh, just want to thank everyone. Uh, it is a real treat and reward, uh, all the love you guys have given us. And, you know, you spend time investing, watching our content, and uh, we love making it. So uh, I look forward to a fantastic year. And uh, here's to another season, man. Uh, time, right. time flies. It does fly, man. Four seasons. It's crazy. Uh, but but like Ashton says, like we really do this for you. The more effort, the more people who watch us, the more effort we get to put into this show. Um, and so we're just super excited to see where this where this uh, podcast continues to grow. Um, and and yeah, I, I, like I said, I'm super excited. I'm super proud to be with this guy. Um, one final thing down below, make sure you like this video. Uh, if you watch the video, please down in the comments, who do you, who do you guys think we should, uh, take in the first round of the draft? What position do you think we should yeah. look towards? Yeah. Um, we want to know this so that we could read them on the next week's on the next episode of the East coast Rams podcast. So again, thank you guys. And, uh, we will catch you all next time.